Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A beautiful day here in the Twin Cities area and beyond. Temps in the 70s. Dew points are low. It's been a little breezy as of late. We've had the southwest winds now at 12 gusts to 17 miles an hour. That great weather trend is going to continue. And we're going to find out what that means for the bite. Uh, For those people who want to get out on the water and catch some fish, Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. Steve-O, how you been? I'm doing great, Steve. It is a beautiful day. I'm on the water right now. I just turned my outboard off so we don't have any noise and uh, just loving it. It's about 75 degrees. Prime time, isn't it? You get past the opener, those water temps jump, and usually this this is it. You know, late May into June, it's really good. Still late, though, Steve. I'll tell you, it's um, it's really been a slow start. Wow. Um, I got into the walleyes early in the week, and it was kind of sporadic. It was good in the morning and then slowed down. It's just been a hit-and-miss thing, and I just talked to a bunch of my guide buddies up here uh, before we hit the water today, and we're all struggling and trying to find a really hot lake that's going because the crappies are not shallow yet. You know, again, I'm up in the northwest. It's different down in southern Minnesota, but up here, those things are not shallow yet, and it's been very frustrating and the walleyes are still up a lot of the rivers. And a lot of the reports are these walleyes are still up creeks and rivers, and they're not back into the main basins yet. So everything is still, as we've talked about for the last month and a half, things are at least two weeks late. And I'm really hoping, you know, for Memorial Weekend coming up that things get jump-started. But it's going to be a close one. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, the weather was so bad in April, but what we see in the forecast is what what's typically ideal. Warming temps, very stable. There isn't even a mention of rain until Friday here in the city, so it looks like we're going to really stabilize things, and there's, there's going to be a lot of sunlight, and that hopefully water temps jump. Yeah, water temperatures in the upper 50s, maybe 61 is the warmest I've seen. That's, again, lagging behind. And, you know, normally Memorial Weekend is the beginning of just tremendous fishing, but I think it might even be another week after that before it really gets going. But we do know, Steve, it will start. You just have to be patient. And it's uh, being, you know, slow starts are not unusual. Um, I've also been trapping my own shiner minnows uh, because it's been very difficult to find shiners, and the walleyes are loving the shiners. So if you can get your hands on some shiners, 
uh, right now, this time of the year, is really the best bait you can use uh, right through Memorial. Yeah, and, and you had been warning for weeks and weeks about that, and, and here we are in the middle of it, uh, you know, the, the the minnow shortage in the difficult times. Let's go back to the opener for a moment. We had a long rain delay ahead of the Twins game. They finally got it going. We weren't able to get on the air last Saturday and get a report but take a look back i know you've talked to a lot of people about their experience what was your experience opening weekend well i was chasing crappies on opening weekend and and let the walleye guys do their thing and i did do pretty well on sunday for the crappies and that's another weird thing they were there last sunday and now yesterday they weren't there so i think these fish are coming in when it's stable sunny for two days do their thing they're feeding and then, like the cold front we had yesterday, it dropped 20 degrees. It blows them out of the shallows, and they don't come back in again until it starts getting 70, 75 in a day or two. So they're kind of coming in, going out, coming in, going out. But I'll tell you, the weather was the factor on opening Saturday. Anybody in southern Minnesota, that was not a good experience. There was heavy yeah. rains and lightning and storms. But northern Minnesota, Red Lake, Bemidji, North of Brainerd was great uh, in terms of weather. Fishing, again, is just depends where you go. I've heard so many hot and cold stories, it's really hard to say anything consistently. All right, Steve, uh, where are you going to be in the coming week as we lead up to the big Memorial Day weekend? Steve, I don't know. I don't huh. know. Fishing is so weird right now. I don't know. I've got a, a guy coming in tomorrow, and I'm going to be up all night scratching my head going, where <laughs> am I going to take this guy? So, yeah, right now I, I have no idea, but hopefully I can pull a rabbit out of a hat this week. And I've got a veterans winner who won a fishing contest with me next week in a memorial, so something better start pretty quick. Actually, Steve, on Tuesday, it took me four lakes before I found the fish. I had some very patient people with me from Lakeville, Minnesota, and we hit four lakes in eight hours to finally make it happen. So, And that's been happening to everybody, just sort of a little FYI. Yeah, the the, the pressure when you're guiding. Uh, good luck with all of that. Steve will do it again in a week. <laughs> Sounds great, Steve. Have a great rest of your day. All right. There he is, Steve Carney, Steve Carney Outdoors. Dot com. He's out on the water and has been joining us for years. And our outdoors coverage continues Saturday. Uh, Rob Driesline. And hopefully he'll be able to squeeze in a show uh, following the Twins and the Angels on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, but once again, uh, Rob uh, from the Outdoor News and his outdoor show, typically Sunday is sports schedules permitting between 5 and 6. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. It is 4.13. We will come back and check to date on the headlines. Uh, kind of get you back to square one on the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs, PGA Championship. Balloons play late. The Twins play late tonight. Our lineup card gets started at 8.30. Twins and Angels from Anaheim. And Louis of Ireland will be on the mound. Twins drop a heartbreaker. Griffin Jacks struggled late. The bullpen's coughed up a couple of games on this road trip already for the Twins. It is 4-14 here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. On the local sports calendar, going to be a lot of late-night games. Uh, If you're into the Loons, they'll be in Portland to play the Timbers. 
Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press will join us at about 535. Twins continue to trip in the greater L.A. area. They were at Dodger Stadium, dropped two or three, had a day off Thursday, dropped the opener to the Angels last night. More on that later. Phil Miller will join from the Star Tribune following the news and weather at 5 o'clock to give us an update. Griffin Jacks uh, in the bullpen has really let the Twins down for sure a couple of times on this road trip. And uh, tonight, Louis Varland will be on the mound. 8.30 lineup card, first pitch after 9 o'clock here on the home of the Twins. But there's plenty else going on. NHL, let's start there. Tonight, Carolina hosting Florida. Florida won game one of that Eastern Conference final with a goal late in the fourth overtime. They basically played seven periods of hockey to decide game one. And the Florida Panthers, the Cinderella story of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, if if you picked Florida at the start of the tournament, good for you. Because I certainly didn't. And here they are uh, playing with house money again in the third series in a row. It's insane, producer Josh Wheeler. Yeah, this has been a quite an insane Stanley Cup playoffs just oh, in for general. Sure. Um, Florida, I think, right out of the gate, once you saw them take down Boston, it's like, uh, maybe this team's for real. There was a lot of questions, I think, heading into that series, but there was just there was something that, that was, I guess, too good to be true about the Boston Bruins run, and I think Florida definitely established the why not us mentality going into that one, and they have not been stopped since. It's I think they're probably, I, I haven't checked the Vegas odds. I'm assuming they are the odds on favor to possibly win at this point, but um, yeah, they've been incredible to watch. They just have everything it's been a while since I've seen a team like that just have every single cylinder firing for their squad. It's incredible. Yeah, they've had puck luck, and then to be able to survive a four-overtime game, one of the longest games, I think the sixth longest in NHL history. Uh, so they, they go again tonight, game two. That'll be in Raleigh, uh, that hockey hotbed tonight. And then on Sunday, Stars Gold Knights game two. That'll be in Vegas again. Vegas was able to prevail in overtime in game one last night. And you kind of look at this final four, Florida, Carolina, Vegas, and Dallas. Um, Go back, say, 30 years ago. (laughs) If you told people that – the, the final four teams standing in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs in May of 2023 will be something called the Florida Panthers, something called the Carolina Hurricanes, something called the Dallas Stars, and something called the Vegas Golden Knights. What hockey fan on the continent would have believed Panthers, Hurricanes, Stars, and Golden Knights. The only one that would have stood out is they would have said, oh, the Minnesota North Stars are in the in the Western Conference. No, no. <laughs> easy now, easy. Yeah, so so bizarre. I, uh, I, would have, I, I would have picked Vegas. I actually had Vegas at least to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Maybe not so much the Stanley Cup Finals, but 
I think that's been the one underlying team that a lot of people just kind of forgot that they were in it because no, they I'm were the saying... first team to advance in the first round, and they kind of just sat back and watched the rest of the hockey play out. And I think they've been kind of the one team that's you know been the mainstay, but for the most part, I don't think anybody had these four teams as their final picks. No, no, but what I'm saying, go back 30 years ago. Oh, yeah, ago yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and yeah. tell someone that, hey, in 2023, this is going to be your final four. It, it, it's just crazy. And I and Seattle had a great run. And, and I brought this up uh, about what this has shown us about sports in this hard cap era where you have a hard cap in the NBA, a hard cap in the NHL, hard cap in the NFL, uh, Major League Soccer has salary restrictions, very strong salary restrictions and how many designated players. And Major League Baseball, it's still, for the most part, uh, the Wild West, where teams can spend what they want. There is some luxury tax provisions, etc. But but you have the bottom feeders that spend no money, like the Oakland Athletics. And then you have the New York Mets and the L.A. Dodgers of the world that spend whatever they feel like for all practical purposes. But what it shows me, the success of Vegas right out of the gate, and now Seattle in the NHL, is that there is a benefit. I brought this up before, and I want want to bring it up again in this moment, that I, I haven't completely scripted out or completely laid out my entire idea, but there's this, that there should be an option for teams in hard cap leagues to say, you know what, we want to start over, and we want to go into what amounts to be an expansion draft mode. We, we've been terrible for years. We need to rid ourselves of these bad contracts, and, and we're going to pay to do it. Because remember, Vegas and then Seattle paid big, big bucks to join the NHL. And in turn, the other NHL owners that were going to get that payday said, all right, we're going to set up an expansion draft where you're not only just going you, to you're, you're get more than just the dregs. Because once upon a time, when teams expanded in pro sports, they were terrible for years. It took them a long time to build the minor leagues. It took them a long time to build a roster. But Vegas and then Seattle have been able to not only be competitive, but been more than competitive. What Year one, Vegas went all the way, what, to the Stanley Cup final? Yep. If memory serves. And Seattle, a good playoff run in what, year two? What, what it tells me is I think there needs to be a mechanism for owners of these franchises to say, we've, we've been terrible for so long, we want to blow it up, and we're willing to write a check to be able to start over and move into some sort of expansion or revision draft scenario. And I think this would be exciting for fans of these teams when a club likes to do it. And there's got to be criteria where you finish near the bottom or at the bottom. Instead of trying to tank to get draft picks, ownership could actually say, you know what, we want to hit the reset button, and here's the price to hit the reset button. You've got to buy out contracts, and in turn you've got to pay our other owners to do some sort of refresh draft. And like I say, I haven't worked out all the details, but I think this would be exciting for fans of teams that are stuck in mediocrity or worse to be able to blow it up and start from scratch. Yeah. Because I think the model of Vegas and Seattle shows that if you can really start over 
and you get a smart general manager, it can really pay dividends. And, and here's the thing about that too, and a lot of people keep saying, keep mentioning, all oh, Vegas was handed, you know, a Stanley Cup team. They they weren't. They had Marcus. They, they had Mark Andre Fleury at best was the only playoff ready player on that team. William Carlson wasn't ready. All these yep. different players aren't ready. And if you look, you know, 2018 to or, excuse me, 2017 to now, there's maybe five players left on that Stanley Cup final run. And honestly, it comes down to management and how you, you know, how you handle things in the front office. It has nothing to do with, oh, it's the same squad in the first year and they just fizzled out. They didn't. They've been in the Western Conference Finals pretty much darn near every year. They've had a deep playoff run pretty much every single year. So I think it comes down to kind of what you said. Excuse me. Uh, Basically, it's all about the front office and how you can handle a situation like that where you want to wipe the slate clean and start over, go right ahead. And I think it's a great idea that maybe they can consider that. I know there's a lot of moving parts as far as the the cap and the money goes, but it's not the worst idea to maybe consider – wiping the slate clean, especially for a team like the Wild, who have had essentially the same team for 10 years. I mean, maybe give or take a few players, but for the most part, we've had the same people for a pretty long time now. Yeah, and and I and I think there needs to be a circumstance or a scenario. And you couldn't have teams, you know, blow it up and hit the reset button all the time. There, there would need to be criteria about finishing last, and obviously they'd need to get out their wallet. And I think they would need to pay the other owners for that right. And you could only do it once, yeah. you know, in a generation. But for teams that, you know, are 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 stuck and have a lot of bad contracts, obviously you got to pay the contracts. The players aren't going to let you out of the contract. But there has to be a mechanism where teams can hit the reset button for the sake of the fans and interest. How that works out. I haven't completely fleshed out the idea, but boy, Vegas and Seattle tell me there is benefit in being able to start over. How much would Bill Guerin be able to, and and I think ultimately Craig Leopold, the owner, be able to say, all right, I'm going to write my fellow owners to get out from under the Parisian suitor contracts and, and kind of start over from that standpoint. And yeah. what is the price of poker? And, you know, get out from under the salary cap ramifications of even maybe it's just contract to contract. You know, a guy gets hurt or is just flat out terrible. There should be more of a mechanism for the fans sake for teams to be able to write a check and be able to get out from under that. We'll, We'll see ultimately. Uh, NBA real quick. We'll talk more about this a little bit later on as well. Uh, game two nuggets, Lakers, uh, Denver up two games to none. This one will be in L.A. tonight. Uh, Denver pretty solid in game one. I think got fortunate in game two, but they are up two games to none. So obviously a big game for L.A. at home in downtown Los Angeles. And the other series, boy, it's all about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat went into Boston and beat the Celtics not once but twice. Josh, I don't know if you saw it, but... They they got on the wrong side of Jimmy Butler and he made the Celtics pay. It yeah. it really was extraordinary what, what Butler has done in this series and then the supporting cast around him. Celtics in huge trouble now. Yeah, it's remarkable to see what Jimmy Butler has kind of oh. been able to do as far as flipping the switch. Obviously, I think we kind of knew some of this was with him even when he was with the Wolves, but he's almost you know evolutionized himself just 
he's, he's evolved throughout this playoffs alone, let alone this whole season. He's just been able to kind of uh, grow into a completely different level player. Uh, every time his back up uh, back is up against the wall, so to speak, you you just some of the stuff that he's been able to do in these games, especially in the Boston series so far, is just remarkable. And I a lot of people have seen you know a lot of people on the on the Twitter machine with as far as Wolves fans saying like, hey, why couldn't we get this here? It's it's just how the nature of the beast works. Butler has a great team around him, but when you have a different attitude, especially uh, in a different environment like you do in Miami. It's a completely different ball game, and he's definitely stepped up his game to a completely different level. Yeah, it, it was. He he really stepped up to the challenge. Uh, there was a lot of trash talk in this game, and uh, boy, Jimmy Butler uh, has has really been a force. And to to think he was with the Timberwolves now. Now Kevin Love doesn't play a huge role in this series, but is contributing. Um, didn't have a, a great game in Game Two. But uh, it, it is a part of this thing. Kevin Love, Jimmy Butler, a couple of former Timberwolves in that series. But once again tonight, Nuggets, uh, they they could take command with a win in L.A. over the Lakers tonight. PGA Championship third round in the rain. Uh, it was raining. The sun popped out, and then it poured again. A line moved through Rochester, New York. Now it looks like they're pretty much in the clear. Corey Connors, one clear of Victor Hovland. Brooks Kepka three back, along with Justin Rose. He just finished. He made a bogey on 18 to finish at minus three. Bryson DeChambeau all alone at minus two. Scotty Scheffler struggled today. Four over par. Uh, still in it, along with Rory McIlroy and Justin Sue. Uh, just one, or at one under par, or five off the lead. So tough day at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York. Quick break, we'll have an update on the weather, and then we'll talk a little more hockey uh, with our good buddy Jess Myers from the rink live here on News Talk. E3OWC. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. CEO. Just a great day around the region today. We certainly paid our dues this winter. And this spring, April, weather was terrible, but uh, sure is good now. And the lead-up to Memorial Day looks great. Talking a little hockey, Jess Myers from the Rink Live, good enough to join us. And, Jess, there is some news over at the U. Logan Cooley's going to stick around another year. It's uh, It's been kind of a week of good news for the Gophers, uh, which is weird for the middle of May. You don't think people are talking about hockey right now, yeah. but uh, it started with Jackson Nelson announcing he would come back for his, his fifth year, his COVID year. Not long after that, I think it was the next day, Justin Close, who's been their starting goalie for the last year and a half, 
announced he's coming back for a fifth year. And by the way, happy birthday, Justin Close. He turns uh, 25 today, so hope, hope he's out uh, enjoying the weather somewhere. So he's coming back. So, you know, you start in goal and you work your way up. They got the goalie. They got their biggest guy back in Jackson Nelson. And then the big prize was yesterday. Uh, Logan Cooley uh, put up a, uh, an Instagram post. And, you know, he and Jimmy Snuggerud are best friends. They played together for USA Hockey. They played together on the same line for the Gophers last year with huge success. So he put up kind of a fun Instagram post saying, hey, uh, hey, Snuggy, you think I should come back for another year? And Snuggy said, yeah, I think you should. You know, <laughs> so some understatement there. We talked to Logan Cooley today. And he said it was a combination of factors. You know, he obviously could have signed a contract. He could step into an NHL lineup, I don't think, with a ton of trouble uh, as soon as this season. But he said there was certainly some unfinished business. The way the season ended, you know, not only to, to, to lose the national championship game in the manner that they did, but keep in mind, you know, he took a penalty in the third period, and, and not long after he got out of the penalty box, Quinnipiac scored to tie that game. And that's got to leave a bad taste in your mouth. And then the other part of it was, you know, they had the vote down in Tempe, Arizona on Tuesday where voters uh, resoundingly rejected the plan to build a new arena there for the Coyotes, and that's the team that that owns Cooley's draft rights. And he admitted he was kind of leaning towards signing, and then uh, that vote kind of had an effect on him. So uh, he's not going to make the jump to pro hockey this year, although in our conversation today he made it pretty clear that he's going to play one more year of college, and then he plans on becoming a pro hockey player, you know, by this time next year. Yeah, huge payday awaiting the Arizona Coyotes situation um, has been interesting, really, from day one. They move, you know, they moved down there. Uh, they had that building out by the football stadium in Glendale. In the Valley of the Sun is this vast area, uh, but it's a haul from Scottsdale or. Tempe or Mesa, uh, anywhere in the East Valley, out to Glendale, particularly for a 7 o'clock game on a weeknight. It's, it's one thing to go out there on a Sunday for a football game uh, where they've had Super Bowls and national championship football games. But, but to go out there, they, they moved into that new building at Arizona State in Tempe. But an NHL team can't survive in a 5,000-seat arena very long. That's a temporary solution, definitely. And yep. you were right about the the arena they had in Glendale, Steve, was a fantastic arena. It was essentially a clone of XL Energy Center. It had the open concourses. It was a it was a great hockey arena. It was just in a bad location. It was so far out of downtown uh, that, like yeah. you said, you know, the casual casual fan wasn't going to hop in their car and fight traffic and drive forty miles on a Tuesday night. Uh, to get there for a 7 o'clock game. It was interesting talking to guys like Keith Ballard that I know who are from here but played for the Coyotes for a while. You know, they, they struggled to draw crowds uh, even, even when they had some pretty good teams. But he said, reliably, if Edmonton, if Calgary, if Chicago, if Minnesota were in town, those teams, they would have really good crowds because of the Snowbirds. So many Western Canadians would spend their winters in in the Arizona area that they'd show up and cheer for the Oilers or or the Flames or the Wild or or the Blackhawks, you know, whoever it might be. So it's kind of a weird place to play, he said, for that reason, that you'd almost feel like the road team sometimes in in your home building. 
Yeah, my my mom and dad spend time uh, in the greater Phoenix area in the winter months, and they are surrounded by people from Minnesota and Wisconsin, people from the cities, uh, people from east to the St. Croix. You, you mentioned Chicago, and they have a ton of friends that are that are Canadians and spend the winter months down there. It's, it's nice to know that uh, Canadians don't like winter either. Um, it, it, <laughs> So many. That, that, that was the old joke. Is that the, the the dirty little secret about uh, about Canadians is they all hate winter. They they claim to embrace it, but you know if they can right. go to if they can go to Fort Lauderdale, if they can go to Scottsdale, spend yeah. a couple months down there, they certainly don't seem to mind it. So here's my prediction, Steve. And I wrote about this this week for the Rink Live. Um, yes, the vote went badly. Voters said no. We're not going to give you any tax breaks to build an arena. Now. A lot of people said, okay, well, that's it. The Coyotes are done. They're going to have to move. I looked into this a little closer. In just about every place that they've built a new uh, arena or a new stadium, including Minneapolis-St. Paul, they have first had a vote on whether to use tax money. That vote has failed, and then they've found a way to build it anyway. And if you, if you recall, 1999, there was a vote on a baseball stadium in St. Paul. Voters said, absolutely not. We're not going to use tax money for that. 11 years later, Target Field opened. It's very, very rare that those votes go badly and then the team actually moves. I could only find one case where that happened, and that's the San Diego Chargers. They, they voted on a new stadium in San Diego. Voters said no, and the Chargers wound up moving to Los Angeles. So uh, I would say for those people saying uh, the Coyotes are done, they're going to move to Houston, they're going to move to Salt Lake City, somewhere else, I would say not so fast. There's a lot of open land. There's a lot of places you can build in the Phoenix area. I think they're still going to find a way to keep this team there. Yeah, and certainly there there is an appetite. Seattle's been a success. And let's face it, for the owners of NHL or NBA franchises, or for that matter, for Major League Baseball franchises, uh, you want a cash infusion? Expand. Uh, yes. Vegas yes. paid a pretty penny. Uh, Seattle pay, paid a pretty penny, and uh, you know the the owners are able to put that right in the old pocket. Yep, and, and you know, and people have asked too. You know, Gary Bettman uh, for years has kind of been in the corner of Arizona, and and whenever they've talked about, oh, we should move the team to Quebec City, or we should move the team to Portland, or now Houston, Gary Bettman has kind of been the one saying, now nah, let's let's give this a chance, let's let's let it work here. You know, people say, why is that? Well, look at the Phoenix metro area. It's, it's, you know, I think it's like the fifth in the country now in population. It's going oh, yeah. like crazy still. It's one of the huge TV markets. So for the simple fact that there's that many people that live there, he wants hockey there. And, and you know, everybody likes a winner. It seems like inevitably this team has got to get good at some point with players like Logan Cooley playing for him down the line. Um, he wants to see that. He wants hockey in that area. So that's why... Uh, it, for more than 25 years now, they've they've tried everything they can do to make this work, and I don't think they're going to give up on it. Well, look look at uh, the Final Four in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You have Carolina, the old Hartford Whalers. You have the Florida Panthers, the Dallas Stars. We we all know the story there, and then of course the Vegas Golden Knights. That's that's Sun Belt to me. Yeah, the the northernmost team that's remaining in the NHL playoffs is is from Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, what what kind of crazy world are we living in, right? All right. Yeah, and I, I brought it up earlier in the program with Josh. Go back 30 years and talk to any hockey fan in North America and say, yeah, it, it'll be Carolina, Florida, Dallas, and Vegas 
uh, the Final Four team standing in the Stanley Cup playoffs in May of 2023. Who would have believed you? Nobody. How about, how about this? The last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup, 1993, the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup. Last time a team from Canada won the Stanley Cup, none of these four teams existed. That's yeah. how long it's been. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is just extraordinary. There was a little hand-wringing after that four-overtime affair won by Florida in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I, I don't know what you do. It's just circumstance. you got to play it out. It's the playoffs. Uh, and, and don't bring up the shootout. I hate the shootout to decide regular season games to begin with. Um, there, there is no alternative. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, you play until there is a winner whenever that is. Can I offer a counterpoint, Steve? Okay. I'm ready. I love the three-on-three three overtime in, in the regular season. So here's my plan. You play one overtime five-on-five. Five. If you don't okay. have a winner, you play the next one four-on-four. Four. If you still don't have a winner, you play the third one three-on-three. Three. Somehow you've got to kind of break it up. I just think uh, the integrity of the game, you know, everybody talks about, oh, it's, it's not really hockey. Well, is it really hockey in that third overtime when you see guys who don't want to oh. leave the neutral zone because they're so dead tired? Uh, you know, they, they just want to get the game over with. So I'm okay with a reduced manpower situation after one 20-minute overtime of five-on-five. Five. That, that's, that's my opinion. I, I don't think it's going to happen, I'll be frank. I think they're just going to keep playing overtimes because games like this are rare. You, know, you, you rarely yeah, see sure. a, a two, three, four overtime game. Although I will say... For my money, in all of sports, when you have a game seven in the NHL and the game is in overtime, there is nothing better. When when both teams are literally playing for their season, when every save literally extends your season by a couple more minutes, I mean, that to me is just about as good as it gets. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I like that plan. Just no shootout, please. No, I no, no, I, no I, shootout. I'm not a, I'm not yeah, a shootout guy. You know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's fine for the regular season when you're playing for for one extra point, I guess. But but yeah, no. I, back in what was it like 1992 when the Olympic gold medal was determined by a shootout, or you know, we've seen that in women's hockey more recently. Hey, nothing against that 2018 U.S. women's team. They deserve those gold medals. They were the best team in the country. But you know, to, to win a gold medal in a shootout just seems to me kind of like uh, okay, yeah, fine. yeah, play it out. Play it out. Well, Jess, it's always good to visit with you. Take care. Um, hey, and, Steve, it's, and, uh, it's, it, you know, it's one of the ten nicest days of the year today. No question, right? Oh. So what else would I be doing? But I'm at the Ice House in Blaine, the NAHL, the North American Hockey League. They have their championship tournament this weekend. So uh, I'm in, sitting inside covering some hockey because where else would you rather be on a day like this? You, your, your dedication is extraordinary. Wait, we're, we're called The Rink Live, and if, hey, if we're not actually at The Rink Live, something's going wrong. All right, Jess. Good to visit with you. We'll do it again soon. Take care, Steve. There he is, Jess Myers from The Rink Live, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. He actually is in a rink. I'm in a studio uh, today uh, looking out at the weather. It is lovely. Hopefully you've been able to enjoy it. I did get a lot, work, a lot of work done earlier in the day. Um, I, I feel good about that. Still more to do tomorrow for sure. 71 here in the cities. Uh, when we come back, another PGA uh, update. One of the live guys, Brooks Kepka, uh, one back. He's playing well. Three under in his round. Top score of any player in the third round of the PGA Championship. We'll do that in a moment here on News Talk. E3O WCCO.
What a day. Just lovely weather here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Joy. Looks like we're going to have a great week. 71 degrees southwest winds at 10 miles an hour. Um, Got a lot done in the yard today, feeling pretty good. Uh, Bad weather, though, upstate New York, Rochester, New York. Site of the annual PGA Championship this year at Oak Hill Country Club. Canadian Corey Connors and uh, Victor Hovland are at six under par. Brooks Kepka now one back. Three under on the course so far, the top round of the day. And they are on the back nine. Justin Rose at minus three. I, I said earlier he was done. No, no, no. He's not done. But uh, he, he's only got a couple of holes to play. Scotty E. Scheffler, it's been a struggle. He's in a group at minus one along with Brayson D. Chambeau and Rory McIlroy. So a handsome leaderboard on this Saturday heading into uh, the final round. Big group at one over. That includes Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, Shane Lowry also in a group at one over par. Patrick Reed in a big group at two over. Patrick Cantlay at plus three. But it looks like uh, the, the guys at even or, or certainly under par, and uh, Oak Hill playing pretty tough this week. Coming up later on, Twins on the radio. Uh, they'll be taking on the Angels as they try and bounce back. They got beat on Friday night, kind of a heartbreaker. Griffin Jacks had a, a tough stint out of the bullpen. Twins lose to the Angels. They're right back at it tonight. Once again, the lineup card at 8.30, first pitch after 9 o'clock tonight here on the home of the Twins. News Talk, E3O-WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.